Yay, yippee. Hi, it's Kristen with Intentional Now Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. I look forward to having a wonderful chat with you, being encouraged and digging into some of the deeper things and questions that we have in life. Um, Last week, we talked about how many times you can start over and the importance on banking on the experience that you already have, that super brilliance you gained along your journey. You know, a lot of times we don't give ourselves credit for what we currently know and what we've experienced and that we've taken a mess and we've brought that mess forward and we've come through on the other side. So I encourage you to go listen to that if you haven't yet. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to continue on with using my book, The Unfinished Book, as a tool, a tool to open up some new things in my life and hopefully open up some new things in your life. And to be honest with you, writing this book was the hardest thing I've ever had to accomplish. My goodness, it was really taxing. The writing the manuscript, that was, it only took me three months. (laughs) However, if you don't count the 20 years, it took me to get the courage to sit my seat down and actually write it. Um, But it is a lot of work. So if you are writing a book, I encourage you, Please just continue, continue writing, get it done, move through it. You can do it. Um, You can answer all the questions that you need um, as far as finding all the hows, the whys, how do I do this? You really can. I did it. You can do it and you can keep going forward. So there's my little pitch for those of you that are writing a book. Sit your seat in the chair and get her done. So tonight I'm going to be talking from chapter one, Introduction to Indulgences, the Window Box. Now one of the things that I wanted to talk about is that getting started in a project, getting started and doing something that feels so big, so huge, something that has the ability to actually change the course of your life, sometimes those things in the natural um, just seem to scream so loud that you don't know how you can do it. So um, I had dyslexia as a young child, which made reading and doing numbers, math, um, was so difficult. And back in the Stone Age, as my children would say, um, dyslexia wasn't something that they actually recognized too much or they tested you for. So instead, you just, as a student, you just had to persevere through. And so my academics were just hard. It was just hard. Um, Report cards were never anything that I looked forward to. And so when I took that history and what I knew in my heart that I was a writer, 
that I was going to write a book, several of them, in fact. And um, yet it was so difficult to think about overcoming something I struggled with. It was a bad taste in my mouth. So I just encourage you, you know, sometimes what life and nature or even our DNA hands us, you know, I want to look at that from a different point of view. I no longer have dyslexia. Yay, praise God, he healed me. Um, But when I looked at it, what did that leave? There is always something that remains. You know, God says that he works all things together for the good, for those that are called according to his purposes and plans. And so I looked at it just this last week when I was thinking about coming and and talking with you. Dyslexia caused me to turn numbers and letters around or upside down. So that is something that's been healed for about 20 years. But What was a detriment, turning things around, reading them from backwards or turned around position, has now become a strength. And my dear friend Julie says that I have the ability to see around corners. Isn't that amazing? I never put those two things together. It was something that was so difficult, but my... My brain used it as something positive. And so now my spirit and my senses has the ability to go and look and look from a different perspective. I know how to try harder and look longer and meditate on it um, further. So I thought that was a really good perspective. The ability to see around corners. My, my, my. So, as we're moving on, I wanted to talk again about some of the difficulties in sitting down in a chair and actually accomplishing a task. Moving into a dream of who I actually am. I am a writer. And so there were a lot of mindsets that I carried throughout my life that caused excuses, um, made me fearful. I even made a lot of promises that I wasn't fulfilling, and that created regrets. And sometimes how we review the reviews of our life don't help us. And so I had to press through. I had to push through and either find healing for those things that were walls that I couldn't jump over or else I had to just go ahead and jump over, push on the wall, sit on the wall, walk along the wall until I finally had the strength to move past that wall. We can do it. We can move past those hard places in our lives. When I said that 
how we review the reviews in our life. When I was writing it, there was a tremendous feeling of vulnerability. Sometimes when we we push through something that is difficult and trying, and we're doing something that maybe we don't feel supported in, or maybe we're not even self-supporting ourselves in. And so we review what we think others are going to think. Oh, And in a place like writing or singing, anything that you are bringing your voice out to share to a community around you, it is very vulnerable. And so there's a lot of head games that go on as far as, you know, what people are going to think. And yes, it does matter. We care what people think. Writers care what people think. We write because we know somebody's going to read it. We write because it resonates in our heart and we write it to connect with that person that it resonates in their heart. So one of the first things that I really locked hold of, I had to lock hands with something, something that was bigger than me, something that I was familiar with and even my community was familiar with. And that is why I chose Martin Luther's quote, because it captured my attention. It was written in history, and many writers have used and drawn strength from his quote. If you want to change the world, pick up your pen and write. Martin Luther. (laughs) If you want to change the world, pick up your pen and write. And we could use that and apply it to so many things. If you want to change the world, how about my own world? I pick up what I have, whether it's a computer, whether it's digital, whether it's a pen, whether it's my voice, whether it's gifts or talents or dreams that live inside of me, I have to pick them up. We have to pick them up and we have to carry them. And learn from them. And make them better. And share them. So that the world can experience them. That's how we change the world. But we first have to change ourselves. (laughs) I had um, a pretty amazing encounter that I wanted to share with you. So The Unfinished Book is an experiential memoir of my encounters in the spiritual realm, going from being spiritually blind to Jesus teaching me how to see, and then my 
continuing education from then on. And so um, I hear I had this quote from Martin Luther and I was, oh, completely finished with the manuscript. And I went and I talked to the Lord and I said, hmm, actually, if I remember right, a couple of the people who were reading through my manuscript said that the first chapter was um, didn't flow right. It was difficult. Um, it didn't say what they knew my heart was trying to say. And so I listened to that, and I went, okay, thank you for your input. And I read through my first chapter and again, and I went, how do I change this? So I asked Jesus, hmm, would you introduce me to Martin Luther? Well, from that point, you have to believe in Jesus. You have to believe that he's the way, the truth, the life, that he's the door that opens because we knock and we step through to where he is. And we ascend and we learn and he shows us heaven there's so much I could talk about there. But in my quiet time, Jesus took my hand and I walked into what appeared mm, like a very old church. And it's amazing how that you can detect these things in the spirit. And I remember Jesus saying, I want you to sit here. And he sat me down in the last pew in the back of this huge, um, fairly ornate church in the spirit. And then he left me there. <laughs> well, so I waited. Came back the next day and I waited in the spirit. I came back the next day and I waited in the spirit. And then this person came up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder and he introduced himself as Martin Luther. That was fascinating. And then he led me to the front of his church. And he invited me to go up and stand in his pulpit. Well, the way it looked in the spirit realm was kind of interesting. But I did ascend up a small flight of stairs. And when I went up there, it was interesting, my shoes changed. And I actually had many different choices of shoes that I could choose to put on. But I kind of chose to take my shoes off and walk barefoot. So I'm standing in the pulpit that I recognize was Martin Luther's pulpit. And Martin Luther and Jesus are standing down on the floor 
in the sanctuary. And I begin to see. And what I see, I see outside the church, outside in the world. And I see people walking around with like um, black coverings over them and black um, fabric over them. And I since then, I know that they were black shrouds and they were covered and they were walking around totally covered in these black shrouds. And then I stopped and I looked at Jesus and I came down the stairs. And I talked to him. I said, this is what I encountered, Jesus. Is this what I was supposed to see? He said, yes. And then Jesus invited me. He goes, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to go back up those stairs and stand in the pulpit. And then I want you to look around the community that you currently, or the generation that you currently live in. And so I did that. I ascended back up the stairs barefoot, and I stood in Martin Luther's pulpit. And this time I looked with what you would say would be in the timeline of my generation. And when I looked at people coming and going on the streets, they too were covered in black, in a shroud. How interesting. So I came down the stairs and I said to Jesus, I go, well, I saw the same thing in my generation that I saw in in the generation in which Martin Luther King, Martin Luther Jr. <laughs> was preaching. They were still covered with the same black shroud. And Jesus said to me, he goes, yes, they are. They are still covered in death. What Jesus did on the cross, he set us free from sin and death. And we as the church are still walking around being shrouded in death. So then Jesus and Martin Luther and I went and we sat in the very front pew. That day passed and the next day came and I was still sitting in the front pew with Jesus and Martin Luther. Trying to unpack what he had showed me and shared with me. And I knew that this had something to do with my book and my relationship with Martin Luther. Then the three of us got up and we walked over to the altar in Martin Luther's church and each one of us laid down prostrate on our face. And what was interesting, the positioning of how we were laid prostate. So I was 
laying on my face and I was like at the top. To my left was Jesus and to my right was Martin Luther. Now I recognized this positioning and it reminded me of the three crosses where Jesus hung on the cross there was a thief on one side and on the other side. But what was so odd about the experience is that I found myself, I go, why was I in the center and why was I being represented in the place where Jesus was on the cross? And then we got up from those positions and went and sat back on the pew, and I asked Jesus, I go, would you explain this to me, please? And he said, yes. He said, Kristen, in your generation, those who carry me and my spirit do stand in the place, being one in the cross. We've all been are dead in Christ and risen in Christ. So we are in that center place on the cross. Martin Luther was represented on the right, and he said he represented him as the scapegoat, the one that was released. And Jesus was on the left, and he was the scapegoat, that was sent to die for all of us. Well, I was pretty moved and pretty touched by this point in my succession of um, ascension over a few days of learning. And Jesus told me, he goes, I've just shared with you grace. And I was in the place of grace. Being dead in Christ is the place where his grace is working in me. And that day, I got to experience the grace from the grace master, Martin Luther, who wrote about it, who experienced it, who reformed the church because of grace. And that is how he taught me. And so now I think about his quote and what it means to me to have that attached to my book. If you want to change the world, Kristen, pick up your pen and write. Well, now I knew that the words that I'd written, the words that I'd heard, and the words that I could feel were covered in a grace that I had experienced. Hidden in a word is a secret under lock and key. Pack a box of Kleenex if you want to read the heart, for its savory is in the salt.
that flavors each tier. You know, sometimes getting yourself to show up for you is sometimes the most difficult thing we have to overcome. Getting over the little stuff. Getting over the little stuff, like I had to get over the little stuff of that grammar school was so difficult for me. I had to get over it. I had to get over the fear of what other people thought or how they might review the book. Even people that don't understand what an ascension is, that we are alive in Christ and seated in heavenly places with him. I had to get over that. I had to continue to be me and to share the Jesus that was inside of me and share the things that Jesus taught me. Recently, I wrote a little excerpt that you can get. I'll tell you about it at the end of the podcast. I wrote a small excerpt book called When I Was. And it had to do with um, the quotes that I had on the back of my book. And in this excerpt, I put an exercise for the reader to ask themselves a course of questions before they read the book. And a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, um, mentioned to me that she wasn't able to read the book because she couldn't get past the questions. So I want to ask you something. This is a quote from Dean Graciosi. So when you talk about things, when we talk about things, it's a dream. When you envision it, it therefore becomes, it's exciting. When it's envisioned, it's exciting. When you plan it, it's possible. And when you schedule it, it is real. So I scheduled my time to hang out with the Lord. I scheduled my time to write the manuscript of the unfinished book. I scheduled it and it became possible. And it was exciting. And a dream that I held in my heart for so long, it became real. Today, I can touch it and feel it, and talk about it with you today. Sometimes in life, the little stuff, we just need to get over it. We need to just move past the little stuff. (laughs) So, 
Next time, I'm going to share about how we make a window box or a vision board or a storyboard. How do we learn to write our own book? This may be literal for you. This may be a book of a dream that you have. How do we learn to write down our future? How do we learn to make a window box? Ding! Jeez. Oh, Ding all the way through. How do we get over that little stuff? How do when we read or experience or hear something that challenges us and we need to move through it, but we don't. We just move back. We take our hands off of it and we stop. If I would have done that with the comments that came back um, regarding the first chapter of my book, I could have just stopped there and thought, well, I don't know how to change it. But I didn't. I wouldn't. I went and I asked the master. I asked him a great question. Well, I think I ought to meet Martin Luther. And it happened. We need to believe in the unseen. And then the unseen will come knocking at your door. And you will be taught and you will listen and you will learn and you will change and you will transform. <laughs> okay. So um, now it's time to ask me a question. I don't write this down ahead of time. I just want to hear your question and then move from then from there to answer your question. <sighs> your question. Okay. I hear a question. What do you do, Kristen, when you think something's not good enough? <laughs> I could actually relate to that because I'm sitting here making a podcast and is it good enough? Is this podcast good enough? Um, and who labels the good enough except for myself? Who labels any of our is this good enough except for ourselves? And there is both ends of the spectrum because sometimes our good enough just never measures up and it becomes um, a perfection that literally torments us because everything has to be so perfect before we can share something. Now there's a difference between perfection and excellence. 
And it's only through wisdom and perseverance, having some really great people who surround you that help you mature to be able to govern the excellence and the perfection. But I think the most important thing is, at least for myself, is that I showed up, that I came. I will get better at the craft of podcasting, just like when I started writing and was serious about writing, I began to learn. Now, I still get terribly confused about which there (laughs) I'm supposed to write. (laughs) T-H-E-R-E or T-H-I-E-R. Oh, heavens. God bless the editors in my life. But I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly changing. Okay, well, I think we accomplished the task. We had a good conversation. I trust it blessed you. I'm blessed. I got her done. (laughs) I did. I got it done. And there's a satisfaction in accomplishing that which you've been asked to do by God. So a couple of things I wanted to invite you to enjoy my free ebook when I was. It's just a small little excerpt, but it's free and it's available for you free to download at kristenwombeck.com. So help yourself there. Um, And I also invite you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you will receive an email when I post the newest podcast. It's fun. It's fun to be the first to hear. I do appreciate your comments and I welcome your questions because they really help me to hear you better. And that's the reason why I'm here today. And that's why I'll be here tomorrow because of the conversation that we have to each other, that we can do this, we can overcome together, we can accomplish those things that God has placed in our heart. But we're going to move forward, right? We're going to take those uncomfortable actions and we're going to move forward. And we're going to communicate, we're going to talk to Jesus, and we're going to Move forward. I'll just say it. Move forward. There's. I could just keep going here when we get started talking about moving forward. But I think we've said enough today. I bless you. I do. I bless you. You have a great evening. You have a great day. You have a wonderful afternoon. And we will talk again soon. And thanks so much for your comments. Bye now. <laughs>